Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Hello, everyone. This is Warlando. I am your host, Adam. And with me tonight, I have a very special guest, one of the creators of Crucible, Mr. Craig Russell. What's up, Warlando? (laughs) We're raising the production values today. Oh, yeah. Through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. You... We've been corresponding for years. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We only ever meet at conventions. Yeah. And uh, occasionally um, in... uh, Actually, no, I think it's just at conventions. Yeah, I guess it is. And and yet, we've been friends for years. It's true. I I remember uh, ages ago when it was still the eighth... uh, edition of Warhammer Fantasy and I could not find anyone to play anywhere and I I stumbled upon Crucible somewhere on Facebook and I was looking through the listing of all the games being played I'm like ah oh, there's no Warhammer Fantasy so I think that's when I started messaging you <laughs> saying, I think so yeah why isn't there any Warhammer Fantasy at Crucible yeah and you're like next year come on we'll, we'll make it happen next year and then we started just chatting back and forth and then you were like yeah hey Adam I made it happen next year and I'm oh I can't come (laughs) that is how it happened yep (laughs) and so I felt wretched but the and then uh, Warhammer Fantasy ceased to be became Age of Sigmar and then I was finally able to start coming to Crucible and attend well and finally the game recovered it really (laughs) It's a yeah. yeah, it did. It, it's a tremendous. It's in a tremendous upswing right now. Uh, it's got the best models that GW is making. Absolutely, I think. Yeah, I mean, I which love, is saying a lot because they is, make the best models. Hey, everybody has to admit it eventually. <laughs> it really, it's true. They really do amazing work. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, um, well, see, that's where I got my start in going to conventions really was in uh, Warhammer fantasy myself. So, um, when was that without like dating yourself? Too ooh, much? Let's walk down memory lane with Craig. <laughs> It'll be fascinating for your listeners. I'm sure I, w- <laughs> I moved, uh, to Florida, um, near the turn of the century uh, because I married my wife. And when I got here, I didn't know anybody that played uh, fantasy, even though I really like fantasy. And I played Wood Elves at the time. That was my big thing. Um, Wood Elves didn't even have a, a book anymore. They just had a pamphlet. Uh, but it was a great pamphlet. Um, and, uh, and anyway, they were a fun army to play. And I thought I was pretty good with them. But up in Jacksonville, which is where I moved to, there wasn't really... I couldn't find anybody to play with. Um and uh, and I started playing 40K again um, and had a great time with that. And finally, when I moved on to Orlando, or sorry, farther south, I realized there was a convention in Orlando called the Necronomicon. And the Necronomicon run by the Holiday Brothers and later on other guys like um, uh, Tom Keegan and uh, John Petrelli and these guys all 
were, who all were a big part of running it. Um, they, uh, I went over there thinking I'm going to go to my first GT at this Necronomicon and it was at Disney world. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to sell my wife on it. I was like, Hey, if we're going to stay at the Coronado Springs or whatever. Anyway. And so I took my wood elves there and I met, I swear to God, some of the people I met there, most, actually almost every single one of the people I played there, I still know. That's to awesome. Day, even though I didn't before that. Yeah. So how'd you do in the tournament? I went, I had a great first day. Um, and, uh, although I cheated Chris Cuevas to get there, uh, Chris, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologized about this since uh, he was right and I was wrong and we dice off the result. Um, I thought I was right. And, uh, the dice went my way and, uh, and I beat him, uh, he had dark elves and it was all based on like basically one, one leadership check or something like that or some save. Anyway, it was, it was one dice roll and that was the difference in the game. Otherwise he would have killed me. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a great first day. So I was coming to day two. I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. And then my tree man got killed for the first time by skinks. <laughs> skinks. <laughs> that was not the last time that skinks beat me in a tournament. <laughs> Poison attacks from skinks. Um, also took out a, uh, dragon Lord, uh, a high elf dragon Lord that I had in my, um, in my cheesiest army I ever made and brought to a tournament. <laughs> so I've been humbled by skinks more than once. And uh, anyway, that was Necronomicon. That's where, <laughs> that's where I started the conventions. <laughs> well, how did you first get into Warhammer? Uh, I had a buddy, um, as we all, it seems like everybody does. Uh, we had a tight group of guys. We all played uh, role-playing games together um, and uh, out in Colorado. And... Uh, and one of the guys was a big miniatures guy. He he was in historical miniatures, and then he had fantasy stuff too. And he talked, I think, pretty much everybody else into trying out um, Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, this was, I guess, probably fifth said no, fourth edition. Really broken stuff back then. And uh, <laughs> I mean, still broken. I mean, yeah. that's actually something I've come to respect about the game, even though there was a time in my life when I complained about it. But um, me out to play it. We played as a tight group of just a bunch of friends out there for many years. Um, went to a couple of store tournaments um, out there, and he uh, had Bretonians. I had Wood Elves. We allied a lot um, and had some epic battles against our friends. You know, the kind of things you do in in basements. Well, not in Florida because there's no basements, but <laughs> right. I mean in other civilized areas um, that do have basements. Not saying that that causes them to be civilized. I'm just saying, like in other civilizations, they have basements, and they, uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> we we would do those kind of things, those kind of mass battles. You know, two armies face off against uh, you know a specially made board. Uh, one of the guys I played with was Doug Schuler. Uh, Doug Schuler being famous because he created the moxes for Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering first burst on the scene when I was out in Colorado. Um, so. By the way, Doug Schuler, fantastic artist, and painted beautiful armies and made incredible scenery <laughs> for us to play on. And, uh, and anyway, so that, there's a little tidbit of history. Interesting to That's no awesome. one, but interesting <laughs> to me. So you got in there, that's when you started, and you were already playing D&D at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I played D&D as a teenager, I mean, which that takes me way back now. I mean, that's like 1982. Because yeah. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think D&D's the gateway drug into all these bigger war games. You start, you oh. start, oh, I just have my one model. 
They are uh, they are inextricably linked. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Gary Gygax was a war gamer and made a D&D. D&D players eventually turned to war games. It's, all, it's incestuous. It is. Um, yeah, in a beautiful way. It, yes. <laughs> I, I love, uh, you know, we, uh, just us in our in our little group, we, we go back and forth between playing just standard Age of Sigmar battles, and then we go into these skirmish campaigns where we're just, we have a character and their little war band and we have like an ongoing story while we're trying to kill off each other's war bands and it is like a you do get we, we do like a whole thing with XP and everything and yeah you know what I can go on and on about that that's, that's, that's very cool stuff though yeah, yeah. but it's it, if you want to know more about that listeners you can go listen to some of our other episodes <laughs> check our bat catalog <laughs> we're on YouTube so I find usually when people start putting stuff together, it's because they feel like there's some kind of vacuum. Was that what happened with you with Crucible when you first put it together? Uh, well, it's funny you should mention that, Adam. But yes, when the Necronomicon, the storied um, legendary Necronomicon folded um, somewhere around, I don't know, 2010, 2011, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, um, there was nothing. And uh, and at the same time, Warhammer Fantasy was collapsing as a community here in Orlando, at least. Um, and um, and a lot of people just weren't playing it anymore. They were looking for other things to do. And I was sitting with, or I called Chris Cuevas up. Chris is uh, that same buddy who um, we had the Battle of the Dark Elves and the Wood Elves at my first Necronomicon. You should. Um, um, he just did a battle report with Nicholas. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, they played uh, Age of Sigmar, and it's on YouTube now. You can check that out on the Warlando YouTube channel. Ooh, hey. Shout out to Chris. Uh, Chris is a bad man. Got to watch out for him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's talented. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't, so, he didn't have his best game, though, against Nicholas. Nicholas brought oh. a lot of really, really <laughs> shooty dwarves. I'm sure he's like, because Nicholas can win or lose, because he's going to be on other episodes, but... Uh, we don't get to get. That was the first time we had someone on that wasn't like a regular part of the show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, he's so Chris is a legend, clearly in the yes. Orlando scene. He is. <laughs> and uh, and anyway, we were talking as we do on the phone and uh, talking about the fact that there was no convention and lamenting that fact. And Chris said something that kind of stuck with me. He's like, you know, um, it's vacuums like this where communities die. And, uh, and about within like that a year, um, I was, I was pitching the idea saying we should do a con together. Um, except I, I we can't do it for fantasy cause fantasy was gone. I was like, what are we going to do it for? Can, what about war machine? Cause that was something that Chris was doing a lot at the time. He was a press ganger and all this sort of thing. And, um, and, uh, so we figured out what we needed to do. Um, and we had a, uh, our first crucible, um, in a, uh, uh, in a days in on South OBT in the um, ballroom, also good for web new weddings. <laughs> <laughs> there was a kitchen attached to it. Um, it was small. <laughs> we had 32 players, I think. And, uh, and we didn't run in the red we broke even. Um, and, um, and we said, let's do it again. And it kind of took off from there, but we knew that we had to, add different games because we knew that just one game wasn't going to hold it. So, and that's how the expansion began. (laughs) (laughs) So was it, um, 
how is that financially for you guys? Like, how do you, how do you work that out as far as, um, Oh yeah. Just, uh, what, we're talking what, money. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I love, I, uh, I worked in entertainment my whole life and putting, uh, together, I, I've worked conventions <laughs> for the majority of my adult life. So I'm oh, curious nice. to, uh, but from the standpoint of a stage technician, not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. not from any kind of production side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious about how you got from, you know, renting a ballroom and, you know, selling, I guess, selling <laughs> tickets to the yeah. point, how did you get from there to, you know, a big convention like Crucible? Uh, well, it was, we learned as we went, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's the thing, right? The, the number one thing about Crucible, the reason we made it in the first place, allow me to get up on my stump that I will. At, at, That's why you're here. <laughs> you provided me a stump. <laughs> the, the number one reason Crucible exists is to support the community. What I, what I said there about that thing sticking with me from Chris about, um, uh, you know, it's a vacuum like this that communities die, uh, I think is 100% true. So what I've always said I wanted Crucible to be, um, and everybody who's done this with me has agreed. Uh, you know, Chris and I were agree, agreed on this. Uh, Tim um, and I are agreed on this. Uh, we want Crucible to be a banner on the hill that everybody can rally around so that at least once a year, even if your community is maybe suffering or whatever, you know, you're going to be able to go to crucible and you're going to be able to play a bunch of great games against a bunch of other people who love the hobby just as much as you do and, and want to play just as much as you do. And you're going to see beautiful armies. And we wanted to make sure that the experience was always going to be fully immersive. So we wanted beautiful tables. Um, we wanted always the top notch, um, presentation that we could for the tables that we had. Right. And we've done that from the beginning. I mean, I, I put in a lot of hours gluing stuff together <laughs> and painting and I'd put crucible stuff, especially some of the more, uh, um, gentrified games, 40 K is a big one, um, have incredible setups at this point. Right. I mean, other games yeah. that are coming along, they're getting more and more, but we've always put a lot of stuff into it. So basically, um, all the things that we collect, we invest back into the convention um, and, uh, and, and it's grown like that, um, and on the backs of the community and more importantly of the stores themselves, because we do carnage tournaments in the stores, the stores buy those tickets, um, that are, are being given out. They're supporting us and we want to do everything we can to support them too, because, com- because, uh, game stores are the pillars that hold the community up the rest of the year. Right. I mean, uh, crucible can't be there if there's nobody um, giving people a place to play and all that sort of thing. So anyway, it's all very much a, a spider web of connections that keeps the whole thing afloat. But more to your point, how did you get it started? Yeah. Um, we rented the ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with the ballroom comes a block of rooms that they have to, that you want to fill. Every convention works the same way. They, the, the hotel is wants to uh, sell hotel rooms and fill up their hotel. And in return, they give you a deal on your uh, convention space. And, um, and no place has been better for us than the place we are at now. Um, they, uh, they, uh, treat everybody really well. The ballroom's always ice cold. Um, and, uh, the food is good. Um, we, 
everybody has a lot of freedom to be the, the room rates are 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 very cheap by orlando standards they're 82 bucks a night 82 dollars a night yes um, that is really cheap right. by orlando standards yeah and, oh and by the way it's right outside disney world <laughs> <laughs> and uh and all the rooms around disney are gone for some reason for some crazy some reason crazy reason there's not like a really generation spanning uh sci-fi franchise that's not got a new park over there right now yeah that may be a factor that it might be but i doubt it i mean how much of an impact could something like that (laughs) 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 so uh so yeah i i mean the the rooms are a great deal and um and this has turned into an advertisement for crucible well (laughs) like like, uh I, this is a great convention and I've seen it grow and in, in the short time that I've been going and I, I'm really excited about it growing. You talking about like, um, uh, like a, a web, like we're, we're part of a, a network, you know, going back and forth between the stores and the conventions and playing games with each other. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see crucible big. I talking about Disney and being right close uh, where we are to all the theme parks, people travel from all over the world to go to the Las Vegas Open or go to Adepticon or go to Nova. Mm-hmm. Where else can you take your family? You know, if you, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you bring your family for like, hey, let's take a long weekend. Two of the days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing in this tournament, you know, I always thought that would be the selling point yes. for putting it in Orlando in the first place. I always thought, but history has proven that the opposite is true. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out a lot of people like to go to gaming conventions to get away from their families. <laughs> <laughs> That's not 100% true. A lot of guys bring their spouses. I, I say a lot of guys, a lot of people bring their spouses. Um, uh, but oftentimes, uh, it, you know, it's expensive to take your whole family to, to Orlando and do a whole Disney vacation. And let's face it, you got to commit to that if you're going to go, right? Yes. So, so that might be a, something that you do like once or twice. That's what we found from people from a long ways away. You know, like um, uh, they'll they'll come once every few years. You know, but they are they won't be regulars. The uh, the people that build the uh, convention are locals. Are that's really it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the state of Florida and uh, Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. Um, and the Carolinas, believe it or not. So, I mean, that's kind of where, that's where the draw is for the most part. Um, and they come for the gaming, which I don't blame yeah. them. It's a fun time. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I can definitely see it both ways. Like, um, uh, I think, I, I think it would, it'd be a hard sell to say, I'm bringing my whole family to Orlando. Here's your tickets to Disney. See you later. <laughs> see, you, yeah. see you Monday. <laughs> Yeah, there probably would be some sour looks when you got back to the hotel room and your kids were all uh, red faced from crying. <laughs> and your wife <laughs> looks like she wants to strangle you the minute you go, hey, how was your day? <laughs> no, of course, it's not always like that. Listen, we have I, I know we have people coming down to go to um, uh, Star Wars uh, this time. 100 percent. I know that. So and that's a good thing to do, especially you're right there. Why not? Right. Yes. Um, so, uh, so absolutely they should. Um, and when there's never been a better time to do it, um, I shouldn't be running it down and say that's the way it comes. It just hasn't been the, the reason that people come in the, in the past, but now why not? I mean, it's right there. 
Yeah, it is. It is right. I mean, I, I think I think there is a, a, a whole theme park gaming weekend crossover thing. I mean, it's uh, Horror Nights as well right now, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny you say that. That's where my family goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at Crucible to go do uh, Horror Nights. Um, the night before Crucible, yeah. they're all at Horror Nights. So, so that Thursday um, night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have a conflict that I've run into. Uh, and I, I don't know all the details. My wife's been telling me that Don Coscarelli is the creator of the Phantasm franchise of horror films. Are you familiar with them? I am, yeah. Apparently he's in town doing a screening of Phantasm for the anniversary. I guess it's 40 years old. Seems like it was just yesterday. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be that Friday night. Oh, <laughs> well, you can game all day and then you can go. I think I might have to do that. Yeah, I hate I hate having. Ah, oh man, I hate having to make these choices. There's already always so many conflicts. That is uh, a nice consequence of being in the uh, entertainment mecca of of the Wang of <laughs> the United States. Yeah, I'm so glad when things do happen here. So I, I'm really surprised that this that he's even making a stop in Florida. Yeah. A lot of people would just skip right by. But yeah, if he's here, I, I, I don't want to pass that up. But we need to make sure we get some games in. Are you going to be playing any games at Crucible? So here's the thing, right? Running it during the day, there's absolutely no chance for me to play. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> so the only time I get to play is at night, right? Um, and I do want to play. And by the way, I tell all of my organizers to my organizers. <laughs> I tell all team. <laughs> Uh, the same thing. Make sure you take some time to enjoy yourself because the convention is for you too. You know, you're going to burn out. People burn out, you know, so you got to, you got to keep it to be a positive thing for yourself as well. Have a good time while you're there. And um, so I get to play at night. Um, I think it's going to come down. It's just like with us last year, right? Uh, yeah. There was, uh, I think I played on Friday night and then I closed up on Saturday night. So I played D and D on Friday night. That was the only thing that there was left to do, uh, for me at least, right? Yeah. Uh, and then on Saturday night, we were out in the board game area all night long, which, by the way, is a great time on Saturday night. Traditionally, Saturday night is the time when everybody kind of cuts loose. Um, so people will go out to eat, they'll go hit the bar, they and so forth, and come back play games. Um, the crowd is generally very uh, lively, and. Um, uh, I don't want to just paint it like it's a drunken brawl. It's not like that, but people are having a good time, right? Um, and so you, you have a lot of fun playing video, playing uh, board games. Um, and you taught me the game. The game. And I have spread the game everywhere I can ever since then. My kids play it. When I say my kids, by the way, they're, they're adults now too. Uh, but my, they taught all of their friends to play it. They play it at the college. <laughs> it's awesome. So that kind of stuff gets shared on Saturday nights. And, um, and I always tell everybody the best thing about conventions is not the activities really during the day. It's the memories that are made at night when everybody's telling no shit stories. And, oh, I'm sorry. Did you, did you do the language on your podcast? I, more the better. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed right now. Oh, <laughs> guys! All right, I'm gonna hold back. So the uh, so the telling the no shit stories um, and all that kind of stuff is always 
that's where the memories are made. Anyway, that's all I can say. So that's why I always also encourage everybody to stay at the hotel. It's not just a pitch to fill our room block. It is if you stay at the hotel, you can have some drinks. You can stay late. You don't have to worry about driving home for a half an hour to an hour and then getting up at seven o'clock in the morning the next day and yeah. driving back. That's ridiculous. Don't do that. Make it easy on yourself. Treat yourself. Pay 80 bucks for a night that you're going to um, really enjoy. I mean, you do that, right? Oh, absolutely. I think that's yeah. great. Have you sold out the block? Are there still seat, Are there still rooms available? There are still rooms available in the block. Um, otherwise, I'd say it right away. Uh, but they're go- they'll eventually... Um, release them too. So gotcha. uh, we're we're sitting okay for hotel rooms, um, but uh, filling it out is always a really good feeling. Um, it takes all the stress off. It makes them want us back, um, and it makes it possible for us to get deals where we can get in there and we can put ticket prices as low as we do. And the ticket prices for our event are very reasonable. So <laughs> it's true. You can get in all weekend and play RPGs. For uh, and um, and board games and any of the side events that aren't miniatures tournaments, for thirty five bucks for the entire weekend. That's that's chump change. <laughs> you said all the all the RPGs are included with that. Yeah, yeah. There's no charge for any of the RPGs. Oh, that's fantastic. And we have a widespread of RPGs because it's a place that's close to my heart. And I know this is primarily about uh, miniatures and probably you have lost your audience already by just babbling on like I, I have. We, we do uh, at least one in four episodes has been a D&D episode. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> a, a, this maybe a, a much smaller portion of our like 10 listeners, but... <laughs> well... Well, all right then. For those listeners, uh, I've I, D&D is what I cut my teeth on when I was a, a you know, a young teen and that's where my heart has always lies, lain, laid, lied. So <laughs> so um I want to make uh Crucible a place where you think I'm going to go there and I'm going to play uh role-playing games too. So um and I want and it's about building a community. It's just like any other game, uh, whether it's uh, 40K or it's War Machine or it's Age of Sigmar or it's Bolt Action. You have to build your community. Um, and we've put a lot of effort into trying to build that one this time around, too. We got special guests coming um, for on the D&D side. Uh, we got special guests coming for AD&D, like old school gaming. And by the way, it's not just AD&D. It's stuff like Top Secret. Um, the old dungeon board game is, is going to have a session there as well. Um, and uh, and th- you should see the stuff that the ADD guys are doing. There's a Dwarven Forge um, set up on the table. They've done the entire dungeon with Dwarven Forge, um, uh, you know, uh, corridors and stuff like that. I'm salivating um, right now. I cannot. I I, <laughs> I really want to uh, with yeah. AD&D in Dwarven Forge dungeon. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. Are they called so, Grognard? Is that yeah yep. yeah? I, I exactly. saw the name. Yep. Uh, James and Dan are that they're the guys who are behind GrogCon. Um, and, uh, and they were looking for basically a place to do this. And we just started talking in a first edition D and D, you know, Facebook group. And, uh, and I said, you know, you should just come and do it in your crucible. Let's make this a tradition. And so they did, and that's what they have. Um, and they have special guests that they brought in as well. Um, 
Carlos Leising is one of the authors that they brought in. He's going to be doing his stuff that he's written and run at places like GaryCon and and uh, GameHole and all these other places too. Where um, and uh, on the fifth edition D and D side, we've got uh, two uh, Wizards of the Coast authors and Adventure League admins uh, coming in: Travis Woodall and Sean Marwin. Um, they're going to be running their own games that they've written, convention-only games, um, uh, in special um, uh, sessions with just them. So, uh, and the, there are still seats available, believe it or not. You should grab those as well. Um, you just the, uh, on the website, you can uh, you can book your seats through yep. there. Yep. If once you buy a badge, you can get a ticket. The tickets don't cost anything. It says you got to purchase them, but you just buy the badge, and then you can purchase tickets for free. Awesome. The only thing there's a charge on is the um, painting glasses, and that's because our well, we can go and talk about painting as well. We probably should. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's just for fifth edition. And then we got Pathfinder games too. The Pathfinder games are actually out there, um, but you can't see them on uh, tabletop events yet. So we're going to get those in as well um, uh, for Pathfinder two. All, all of this is organized play. There's a convention epic uh, for D and D on Saturday. There's a ton of stuff going on. <laughs> what is the so, convention epic? Uh, that's where multiple player, mul- multiple tables are all playing basically in the same game towards the same goal. And, uh, uh, one table might unlock something for everybody, you know, at a single thing when they get past a milestone. Um, I don't know the exact details of the game itself that they're running. Okay. Um, I just know that they that Thomas got that line up that's how they work. Thomas. Awesome. Yes. I'm, um, hoping to have Thomas on soon. Yeah. He likes to talk too. <laughs> <laughs> He's not unlike me. <laughs> well, good uh, because this is uh, <laughs> makes for uh, an easier interview. It, it does make for front. an easier interview. <laughs> if you didn't like to talk, it would kind of get to be a, a, a bit of a boring show. Yeah. Hey, well, let's talk about uh, miniatures and then about painting as yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. So talk about <laughs> miniatures then. What's going on there? So, so like I was saying already, uh, the miniature games. I will put the tables at Crucible up against any other convention and i don't care how big they are our tables are better i i've said it with pride our organizers are top-notch all of our organizers are people who are um from their communities they are in touch with what's going on uh they are um they play in this in the same the tournaments as well um they're all people that you trust to run a good thing um it's just it's a, it's a it's the best situation you could ask for um, from a tournament in which you're going to go and play a bunch of strangers. And then not only that, we've got custom die cut medals this year, uh, the Crucible uh, mascot. Um, each of the uh, different uh, gaming systems has trophies and things that they've arranged for as well. Um, uh, the uh, um, what else? What else is there? Anyway, it's just table after table of, of miniature goodness. Uh, we have 40K, Age of Sigmar, um, War Machine, um, Bolt Action, Infinity, um, Firelock is doing uh, Blood and Plunder, and I'm, I think they're going to do Blood and Valor demo there as well, but just as a demo. Um, what else? I'm sure I'm missing somebody. But anyway, there's a lot of miniature games. Oh, Blood Bowl, of course. There's a huge Blood Bowl showing there. Um, Yeah, I think that's great. I I thought that, I mean, that game almost completely disappeared and got a huge following again. 
It does. It does. Apparently it does. The, um, I mean, the, and the guys who organize that do some really special things too. I mean, they made their own miniatures last year. I don't know what they're doing exactly this year, but they always put together a good package. So, um, anyway, it's, uh, if, it, you know, and there's other things too, shade spire. Um, you know, I mean, it, uh, we've got a lot of different events and the badge for miniature players is 70 bucks plus tax. Um, and, uh, but that's for all three days. Um, and, uh, and, and you could choose, you don't have to play in the same system every day. You could choose, uh, as, as long as the, the events don't overlap, uh, you have freedom to move around and, and choose whatever you want. So get your fill. I did sign up for that one. So my, my yeah. miniatures ticket has been purchased. Awesome. And if you get the miniatures tournament, you can do everything else as well. You've got the general admission with it. So yeah, that, that sounds like a good deal because normally you'd be paying separately Instead, yep. you just get it all at once. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, oh, and, oh, let me be the first one to say, because we just finally got the last pieces together, um, we will have uh, swag bags available there, too, with objective markers, dice, patch, um, uh, special custom dice bags, um, coupons. It's going to be great. That's only 20 bucks too. So that's a deal. Yeah, that sounds great. You, you, had, <laughs> me, you had me at dice. Yeah, <laughs> they're green and yellow this year. Or greenish yellow. It's a good, uh, it's a good color, and uh, and they have the new icon on there. With we we changed our icon. So we used to be a cog, right? Because it shows yeah. us the where we where we started, right? With War Machine, mm-hmm. we changed it. We decided since we moved to October, we were going to go full on kind of Halloween themed, and we changed to our uh, Jack Lantern mascot. That was a big thing for me, but probably not for anybody else. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, I saw a headless horseman this year, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of actually where it started. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you're also doing a flea market? We are doing a flea market on Friday night. $20 for a table there. Um, and uh, you could sell whatever you want. Um, well, no firearms or, or illegal paraphernalia. But uh, the gaming, <laughs> please keep it gaming centered. <laughs> Uh, yep. So yeah, Friday night. Yep. Do you, uh, um, do you put a, a, anything out there for other vendors? I know there are vendors there, uh, yeah. that are gaming vendors. We have a, yep. We have a lineup of, uh, gaming vendors. We've just, um, opened up an option this year, uh, for smaller crafts and artists, um, to be plugged in. We'll see how that turns out. Um, we've got a few people already signed up for that. Uh, to come in and uh, I'm hoping that they uh, see success there as well. I think it's kind of an experiment for everybody, but that's exceptionally cheap. Those, those tables um, um, uh, suddenly you're putting me on the spot and I don't even remember. I should have remembered all of this. <laughs> well, well, if anyway, you, uh, if you if think about it later, message me. And I can put some, if there's stuff you think you want mentioned that you don't mention tonight, message me later and I'll put <laughs> it in the show notes. Okay. Craig also oh, wants hey. you to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Craig also wants you to know about the painting classes as well. Yeah, I, I was uh, reading about them. So, yeah, what's going on there? So, Rick Kassler um, is literally a multiple Golden Demon winning painter. Um, he also happens to be the guy who has taught just about every great painter in this area how to paint. Now, that may be a bit of an exaggeration, but I'm sure everybody's seen like uh, like a, a prominent one. Uh, John Carter 
is a guy who plays well, a bunch of different kinds of systems, but plays War Machine usually at Crucible. Um, that guy has won several awards locally. He's won several Crucible awards for painting. He's an excellent painter. Everybody knows him. Um, he quotes uh, Rick Kessler as the, the reason that he can paint as well as he can. Everybody respects him. He's a, he does a fantastic classes uh, and he does charge for them. Um, the different classes count for different or cost different things. Um, he's got ones from full day classes down to um, uh, just, you know, an evening class or like a four hour block. He's also got a special uh, drunken brush class this year. Um, so uh, when's he doing that? Uh, that is Saturday night, I believe. So that's uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's a there's a bar and you're going to paint at the bar kind of thing. There's good. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the room, but yes, there will be, there will be drinking involved. There's a paint and take as well. Um, so anyway, uh, take a look at that. If you want to learn how to paint better, you're not going to find a better guy. He's got a great setup. Um, all the paints and miniatures for the takeaways and stuff like that are supplied. Um, and, uh, and you will learn a lot. He's got some specialty classes, you know, non-metallic metals and all that sort of thing. So, um, it, it'll raise your game up. So cool. I watch a lot of videos. I watch videos all the time, but I feel like you can only get so far until you've like seen things in person. Yeah. You know, and actually had a chance to talk to people and ask questions. And have people be able to comment on how you're actually applying the technique. You know, um, is that correct? Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you're trying to imitate what they're doing. Is it coming out the same? I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, what gets better than uh, person to person? And, and these are small classes, you know? You're actively playing D&D now? I am. I have too many D&D games <laughs> that I'm involved in. <laughs> and I do drop-ins for Adventures League Nights uh, over in Orlando occasionally. And by occasionally, I mean once. But I'm going to do more. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures League is so great. Uh, uh, to just... To, to just have, like you're saying, to just drop in, particularly if you're you're traveling for work. Yeah. You know, or you don't have an active group going right now that you can just get out there and roll some dice. Yep. I know. And, and look, um, your, your mileage may vary depending upon the place and all that sort of thing. Um, but I've had great success finding groups uh, to play it. Um, the good thing about all organized play, I think, is that things are a little bit more under control within the rules, but under control, um, homebrews, you know, you never really know what you're going to dive into. Um, and, uh, and you always know you're going to get like kind of a, a safe <laughs> game with eventually, but, but more to your point, uh, the fact that all your characters are portable is, um, I think a huge thing. And, and until you've been able to like sample different places, um, you know, go to a convention, play this game with this character, go to another convention, play this game, go to a game store night and play this, you know, and you can take the character into all those spots. You meet people along the way um, and you make connections and your group grows, you know? So, um, I mean, heck, this is the craziest thing about it. When, when Ed and I say we seem to only ever uh, hang out at conventions together. It's because we literally like just run into each other at conventions. It just so happens we're interested in the same thing and we're in the same place at the same time with the same plans. It's uncanny. Yeah, when uh, Megacon. Yeah. I just yeah, randomly that, went up to that D&D &D room and I signed up for a game and, and I, I didn't see your name on the list and I guess you didn't see my name on the list but we signed up for the same game. <laughs> Yeah, it's, hey, Adam, hey, Craig, what's going on? Hey, I'm here to play. Me too. What game are you playing in? Oh, that game. Are you kidding me? 
And, and I had just been sitting there chatting with Teddy, uh, who was, I can't remember Teddy's last name, suddenly. That's terrible. Um, who was a friend of Thomas Valley's. And, uh, about that. And Teddy was like, well, I'm the DM. <laughs> So we got over and walked over the table. And by the way, had a great game. I had a great time. That was a great fun. DM. And it's always fun to play with these. So, oh no. yeah, you too. That was yeah. That was a that was a fun game. A fun group. I'm really hoping we're we're gonna get some kind of game in. I know you're gonna be yeah. busy. I'm I'm committed to doing the five day, or the five game, the two day AOS tournament. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm. I I know I'm not gonna get any sleep between now and then because I've just. <laughs> <laughs> like I think like everybody does they're like oh that tournament's coming up I'm going to completely change my list and just have to assemble and paint a bunch of new models uh, just, oh damn well uh, you've yeah. chosen the, the high road yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I've uh, oh that, that quote just popped in my head uh, you have chosen the way of pain I can't remember yeah. where's that from <laughs> Uh, is that Conan? Oh no! Really? I don't think it was the Tree of Woe. No, maybe well, not. Maybe crucified on the Tree of Woe. No. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to say it was one of the Star Wars. You're gonna want to cut this part out. I am. I, I'm, I'm gonna. It's gonna be like a 10 minute episode after I cut out all the my rambling. <laughs> You're rambling. Oh my god! I've been rambling the whole time. But no. But you've got something interesting to say. That's <laughs> debatable. <laughs> No, uh, no, of course. I want to talk to people about Crucible. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I've got a bunch of people that I work with that are really into D and D, but they haven't heard of Crucible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna pass that on to them and just let them know because we all work at that one place, uh, which is you know right across the street from where you work or where where Crucible is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you mean uh, Sizzler? Yeah, Sizzler. <laughs> we all work together at Sizzler. Uh, there is a Sizzler across the street. Just, uh, is one of my... I can't believe there are still Sizzlers. I know, right? Wasn't there? I Sometimes thought they you went just want to eat with... all you can eat. Yeah. Was it uh, Ponderosa? Remember Ponderosa? Are those yeah. still around too? Ponderosa Steakhouse. Yep. It's, I, they, I like that they put Steakhouse on the end. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just Our, to, they're like staying true to their roots. Even though they're just another Golden Corral kind of yeah yep yeah but you know they're a steakhouse golden corral i think was late to the party oh yeah um i think but, they, uh, but did eventually supersede <laughs> all the others that came before it i think they they didn't try to pretend to be something they're not they they came right <laughs> out and they just said here's the trough <laughs> belly up that's true they were like in fact would you like to try our chocolate fountain <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate fountain at uh, at Golden Corral is the most disgusting thing that's ever been invented, and I don't know why it hasn't killed more people with biological. I'm probably going to get sued for that. <laughs> by by all the the uh, <laughs> Golden Corral people who listen to this podcast. The uh, um, but oh my god, it's kids sticking fruit with their fingers on the end yeah, of a put- of a stick and then sticking it in there. Or and then pulling when it out not, when they're not putting their whole hand in. Yeah, it's not like the chocolate that just passed over their uh, strawberry that they just had their fingers on, like that disappeared into the you know fucking eye of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it's being recycled. 
Yeah, d- back um, into the sun <laughs> to adorn the next strawberry or marshmallow. What uh, temperature do you think chocolate has to get to to kill all those uh, bacteria? <laughs> and, <laughs> a cool ninety-eight degrees. A cool. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how do you have to make chocolate to make it. Uh, do you think that's the inner defense? Is that chocolate has to be heated to such a high temperature to make it liquid that there's no way that germs could exist? I don't. I think if fountain? that was the case, that <laughs> you'd see like people, all these kids that are getting the chocolate on their hands would be screaming. It'd be worse than that woman at McDonald's with the coffee. Wow. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. that woman had uh, third degree burns. Yeah. Her life was never the same. No. Uh, that 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 story not not to go on some crazy tangent but you know people make a joke about like the whole suing mcdonald's because their coffee was too hot but no it was it was like she was really burned like hospitalized burned (laughs) yes that all the news headlines no and the, the news headlines that were around it made it sound like it was a joke yeah but well yeah like like an overreach. Well, anyway, well, that's a now that is a tangent. All right, so uh, so before we get into, <laughs> I know you've got a uh, a great staff of bartenders there. What's the uh, BYOB policy at Crucible? Um, so the BYOB policy is that um, the hotel has sole rights to sell alcohol. Um. But uh, that has never stopped anyone I've known um, from drinking alcohol. So, um, <laughs> is it like so, a like a don't ask, don't tell kind of policy? Uh, right. It's kind of like that. I can't believe I'm saying this on something that's going to be listened to more people. So, <laughs> I can, I can so the cut uh, it out. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> I'm. I'm more just conversationally just because I, the only reason I do this podcast at all is just to like get people to talk to me for a couple hours about stuff that I want to know about. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just want my own questions answered. And if anyone else listens, fine, whatever I, I get to know more about what I want to know about. Yeah. Well, so that is definitely a thing. The, uh, the hotel is the only one who actually could sell any concessions there where they, they own exclusive rights to it. And that's part of what their deal is. Right. So, I mean, they're, they're expecting to be able to sell food too. And by the way, their breakfast is delicious. Uh, it's the be- breakfast is the best thing they do. So, um, the, uh, the breakfast burritos are freaking huge and they're like five bucks. That's a good deal. I had the lunch it's, there last time and I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two it's days, good. I think. It's good food. Um, so, and but at night, I mean, um, the staff of the hotel is basically gone, and, no, and nobody really cares. And uh, and you know, I mean, I have I've never had to throw anybody out for being so blasted drunk they were causing problems. So I, you know, everything is good. But I would if that got if it got to that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not, uh, and hopefully no one will have to to test that limit. Maybe, yeah, maybe uh, maybe come close, but not actually test it. <laughs> Kings of War is a game I forgot to mention. Oh yeah, Kings of War. Those are the Kings of Warlando guys. Yeah, those are some great guys, by the way. They always True. seem to be having a great time, um, and uh, and do some fantastic dioramas and stuff like that. I mean, that's really part of the culture of that whole game. So yeah, and they, um, they I mean, they came up from the Warhammer Fantasy roots yep. when, when the rift happened. <laughs> the rift. Yep. <laughs> yep. When the old world was destroyed. Yes. 
the uh, survivors of the old world went to Kings of War. <laughs> yes. Yep. Were you? Where were you when Fourth Edition D and D came out, and where did you land in that rift? Oh, so during that time, I had kids, like babies. So I was not playing a lot of RPGs at the time the Fourth Edition came out. Um, in fact, all I really had time to do was play 40k on the weekends, right? Yeah. Like if, if I could schedule a game, um, and I had a couple of good friends up in Jacksonville that I could uh, do that with, but everything else was taken up. So I missed an edition. I mean, I literally missed an edition. And when I came back in, I came back in playing Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, because all my friends had basically like you know, basically <laughs> like pulled the shoot on fourth edition <laughs> and gone over to Pathfinder. They were like, no, it's like D and D 3.5. It's great. So anyway, that's how I reconnected with D and D. That's, um, and then that's almost exactly what the relationship is between Kings of war and age of Sigmar. Oh, when, yeah. when, yeah. Cause they, I, I, I was in 3.5 D and D when the fourth edition thing happened and I was good staying with fourth edition. Uh, but, so many people were just throwing their D&D stuff away because they like, oh, they ruined D&D. And then that's when Pathfinder was able to get a foothold because of that. And there was actually Pathfinder, the publishing company that was publishing D&D. They, they uh, branched off like they it's a lot of the same people. Yeah. Paizo. Yeah. Paizo. So, yeah, the same thing happened with Warhammer Fantasy. Warhammer Fantasy, Old World died, Age of Sigmar came out. Everybody that wanted to keep playing the rank-and-flank type game, Kings of War was right there. Kings of War, you know, beckoned, and lots of people jumped in there. It took a little while. I mean, uh, about the same time as, yeah, I don't even know... um, I mean, I know locally there are actually quite a few people who play Kings of War, and there's a lot of people coming from out of state to Crucible this year um, that are, are are exactly what you just described. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people who used to play rank and flank uh, Warhammer Fantasy and want and still want to play it. Uh, and but I have to say, Age of Sigmar is a really fun game uh, with great models. Um, and uh, there's no reason why they can't exist side by side. And of course they do. And there That's are people true. who play both. I know people tend to kind of, I mean, I always have, I've always kind of focused on one system over another, Mm -hmm. um, depending upon what I'm into. So I get that. Unless you've got immense resources where you, you have unlimited time and money, you have to kind of make some choices. Yeah. Although, you know, a lot of these armies, I mean, old armies never really go away. That's true. (laughs) I've got a lot of stuff on square bases that I'm sure would be perfectly fine at home on a, Kings of War table. Yeah, you could throw them together and, and play that way. Most of my old square bases uh, do a damn good fill-in for uh, monsters in uh, D&D. Yes. yes they fit the true. squares perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I had, at one point, I was playing D&D, and I, uh, I needed uh, a bunch of uh, mummies, and I didn't have any, but I had this old box of Necrons, so the mummies ended up being metallic. Well, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. That's that's certainly better than just putting uh, pennies or something like that out to yeah. mark up our dice. A good looking mini is a good looking mini, and it makes all the difference. It certainly does. It makes every game better. It's every absolutely RPG, true, and certainly every miniature game. My uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely every miniature game is made better mini. by miniatures. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, yeah, when it comes down to it, eventually, if 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 you're not engaged in it, then what? I mean, we can just we can play checkers, we can play chess. You know, we can. Um, it's it's not the same. And by the way, a lot more people do. I don't know if that's the best. <laughs> Man, you make a point. Well, that's because they haven't been exposed to this. We were we were a microcosm. Yeah. People people are finally starting to catch on with D and D's popularity boom. I'm just going to make a yes. wild prediction that. D and D is so very popular now that there's going to be this trickle down effect into the wargaming community. Hmm. I think people are going to catch the painting bug, and people are going to get uh, fall in love with the minis, and then they're going to want to share that love uh, on the table by playing games. Yeah. Well, the main competitor, I think, for miniature games amongst youth is video games and video games, powerful, powerful animal, right? Yes. By the way, I love video games. Yeah. So I'm not running them down at all. Uh, I play yeah. them all the time. Multiple consoles? Or uh, I do not have, mul- well, actually that's not true. I have one. <laughs> I just want to say I do not. I'm like, well, we got that one and then we got that one. And we got that one. I've got two Xbox ones. I'm an Xbox guy because of Halo and stuff like that. It's been a long time, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and all my friends are on Xbox. So PS4 guys, you're welcome to your network. And I think it's cool. Um, I'm on Xbox. So, uh, so we have two of those and then we've got, well, anyway, there's more. So the, uh, that's not really that interesting. But anyway, I play a lot of video games. And I play on the computer too. And um, what do you think about Borderlands? I love Borderlands 3. It's I haven't, so much fun. I haven't picked it up yet, but it, it's worth it. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. It's um well, did you play Borderlands 2? I did. Okay, so it's exactly that game, except for the gunplay is a little bit better and uh the mobility is a little bit more under control. Although it's still difficult to drive. i I wouldn't have any other way yeah it's total mayhem the characters are hilarious uh i've 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 been jotting down things that the psychos say so that i can use them for whenever monsters get killed in like D &D, I can whip out lines (laughs) yeah (laughs) tell my story (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) like witness me (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, uh, so anyway, Borderlands Three is fantastic. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, I don't know how I'll feel once I get into the gr- the end game grind, but we'll see. Anyway, I love video games. I'm not running them down at all. I'm just saying that's the main competition. Uh, the thing that miniatures have for them, and have always had for them, if you ask me, um, is they are tactile. Mm-hmm. You can reach out and you can touch them. You create them. You know, you pick up dice, you roll them. I don't know why people use dice rolling apps unless they have some kind of disability where they can't actually um, <laughs> see the dice or whatever, or maybe add the, um, uh, but, but dice rolling apps are anathema to tabletop games. You picking up the dice and rolling them is like, a, you know, that's where the, the heart beats. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, uh, so anyway, and miniatures have that, right? I mean, miniatures have that in the spades, right? You're picking up handfuls of dice. Anyway, and the fact that you're moving things around, that has always had an attraction. Um, I don't, uh, there's not a, a guy that I meet who isn't confused when I first describe miniature games to them, um, that I then take them and they see the game, they immediately understand it. Um, and uh, there's something, at least in a lot of guys that I know, uh, that it seems like uh, primal in them. They're like, 
just like army men in the sandbox, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they connect with it and they, and this is what they inevitably say. They might say, I got to do this, but then they also might say, I understand. I understand what, what you get out of that. You know, I'm not going to do it, but I understand it. Yeah. And that's really, you know, so what am I saying? Uh, that's what miniature games always have going for them. Um, and, uh, and there are, there are plenty of women that play now too, but really that's the in is role-playing games, role-playing games for, uh, I could tell you this as a guy who has raised a daughter and taught her to be a DM. And, um, uh, she was born to RPGs like water, right? Uh, she's a, she's a natural at it as are all of her friends who are female who play, mm-hmm. um, role-playing games were made <laughs> for women, <laughs> even though <laughs> they used to be the sole, uh, um, domain of, uh, of men. So, um, so maybe they come over to the miniature games more too. I mean, that's always been kind of a male dominated thing, It's true, um, but I know plenty of great women players too. I've been I, humbled. Yeah. I think that there is this, this preconception of just, this is how it's always been. But I mm-hmm. think like you're seeing with D and D, and I think this is part of that trickle down effect. I think as more people play, role-playing games more people get to see miniatures on the table then we're going to start seeing uh our crowd diversify Mm -hmm. Uh, gatekeeping is a big deal and i'm conscious of it with our tabletop war games yeah i don't see a lot of it but but i still think it's uh probably if i was going to guess an average like one in 20 one in 20 people you play with are going to have something to say about women playing Yeah, maybe, maybe I might be, I think, I think miniature gamers gatekeep period. And it's not, had nothing to do necessarily with, uh, with misogyny, gender, uh, or misogyny. Um, (laughs) it's got, they'll do it to each other. That's yeah. Uh, which is always kind of raised the entry, uh, for people who are basically are, are driven enough to do it in a lot of cases. Now, that being said, I've also walked into plenty of game stores where there are dudes who are like, and I've always tried to be this guy too, but I mean, I know I've maybe poo-pooed somebody's setup at some point. But um, the uh, there are always guys who are like, bring whatever you want, set them down, let's have some fun and play. Uh, you know, call me up. Um, I'll come and hook up with the game anytime. And, uh, and those are the guys who make it okay to play. You know? Yeah. So everybody should endeavor to be like that. And I think everybody kind of wants to be that, right? Because we all want to play new players. Absolutely. Um, and we all want to see our communities grow and all that sort of thing. So being isolationist. And by the way, sticking to one store, even though I know loyalties run deep with miniature players, mm-hmm. is another thing that people should avoid as well. You should definitely get out to other stores, meet other metas, um, and uh, because they're going to come back to your store too. Maybe not all of them. Um, but uh, but if, even if one or two do, that's another player to play. Um, and, um, so spread yourself around, uh, don't devote yourself. If you want to buy all your stuff in one place, absolutely do that. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly support anybody who wants to say, I, I go to my game store and I support them cause they support me. Um, but you know, go around and play at some other places, go to their tournaments. Um, that's how, it, that's how the communities grow. And by the way, seeing other people playing games at game stores is what gets people interested in them. It's, so. Yeah. So true. 
I don't yeah. know, seeing other people play and just knowing that, that, that these games exist, how else would you know? Unless you stumbled on them randomly somehow on the internet, if you don't see it in person. Yep. Yep. And the funny thing is about the internet too, we certainly run into this with Crucible. Um, the internet is a great way to connect with people, right? Yeah. Um, it used to be, but the <laughs> internet has become a honeycomb of communities. Um, a lot of them mm. isolated from each other because you find your peeps, you know, and then you hang out and you talk to them. And, um, and let's face it, it's exhausting to have a huge network of friends on various social networks at times, right? Yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, so so you eventually settle down in an area that is more comfortable. Maybe it's got a size of users that is manageable, or maybe it's about a specific thing. You go there, they talk about it. And that means that people isolate the messages that they get from other areas, and it can be hard to connect with people. Um, you don't have that at game stores. You can just show up, and there are people there. And uh, And if there are people playing, then... That's that's people who could be future players. So, um, anyway, just uh, that's all I'm saying. Get out and play. <laughs> Go meet people and play in person. <laughs> that's beautiful, and it's very well put. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, any uh, advice you want to give to people that are coming to Crucible, the ones that already have their tickets? Yeah. Um, if you've never been to a crucible before, um, uh, get some sleep. Um, there's a reason why the ballroom closes at midnight. Um, I've never actually kicked anybody out, so, uh, there won't be any games running past midnight, but, um, we eventually, you know, let it trickle down and people find their way home. Um, get some sleep though. Uh, we, the games start a little bit later in the morning um, to give you that time to get some breakfast, get charged up and go. Uh, that's the way we designed all the competitive stuff. Um, and we found that it really has reduced stress on people. I know there are some conventions that go all day and all night and some people are ready to do that at conventions too. You can still absolutely do that. Um, if you want to, but I'd say get some rest. The other thing is, and everybody always says this, uh, stay hydrated. Um, you should definitely drink water, uh, at some point during the day. It's such a stupid thing to recommend now, right? People no. know this. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's easy to forget if you don't think about it. Yeah. You're, you're worried it, about your miniatures case and uh, painting contests and getting to the next convention and then getting that yeah, you next might not round even of eat. beers. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, do all those things. But, um, but here's the number one thing. <laughs> Sit down when you get the chance. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah. Um, I've been at points where my, and granted I'm, I'm 51 years old now. I'm old, but <laughs> you know, but, uh, even when I was younger, my knees would take a f pounding, um, being on my feet all day, uh, playing. I mean, you're, you're leaning over tables and stuff like this. You know, you're, you're blocking your knees constantly. It takes its toll. Uh, and it takes your toll on your feet too. So sit down, take a load off. There's plenty of chairs. If you find yourself standing around talking, grab a chair and sit down. That's good. And you'll do that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. I won't tell anybody to pace themselves cause that's a, <laughs> you do as much as you want to do. This is your weekend, right? This is your time to treat yourself. You spent your 70 bucks to give yourself a treat. So, um, enjoy the hell out of it. And, um, and, uh, 
but make sure you uh, take care of yourself while you're doing it. Oh, the other thing is too, a lot of people don't even realize this. Um, we put out hand sanitizer at every scoring table. Um, use them. That's good advice too. Yeah, I do. I haven't gotten the cron, cron crud in a long time. And I, you know, and I do this every year. So that's impressive. You know, I touch a lot of things, but you avoid the, <laughs> you remember to avoid the chocolate fountain. You always, I would never, ever stick anything I valued in the chocolate fountain. <laughs> anything. Is there like a dollar amount? <laughs> I might change that. Uh, well, you know, I guess in the end, <laughs> how much you got? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't. So, uh, when, oh, are you, when are you coming into town? When will you be back in Orlando, like leading up to it? Uh, well, so I work in Orlando. I'm over there all the time, but, um, uh, I live on the coast on the East coast for anybody who cares to know. Um, so, but I'm definitely going to do at least one more drop in, um, at campus cards and games two for their venture league night over there. Um, it, if I don't think they have it, uh, next week. So it might be the week after, which will be right before crucible. Um, but if they do have it next week, I'll be there. Um, the, uh, we have terrain days, uh, right now for crucible going on. Um, so I'll be over there this Sunday, um, uh, over at, uh, Tim's place and uh, we'll be building terrain, uh, a, a yearly tradition. The funny thing is, uh, 40k is so huge, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so huge that you have to constantly be building terrain. And Tim has a lot of it. Um, Tim has invested a lot of dough into that over the years. And Crucible has been able to pick up mats and things like that. So um, so anything, everything looks really good. Uh, a lot of effort gets put into it by by a lot of dedicated people. The Jello brothers are always there. The um, Jello brothers? Helping the build. <laughs> yes, the Jello brothers. <laughs> you should meet the Jello brothers. Oh, oh. I have met the Jello brothers. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen them out They're at awesome. uh, Coliseum in Kissimmee, I think, a couple of times. But I I, th- I saw, I, I know I've seen them at Crucible before. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. Uh, they're, you said you live on the East Coast? I Yeah, I live, I live in Satellite Beach. Oh, for some reason I thought you lived in Tampa. No. No. Uh, if I lived in Tampa, I probably would have done Crucible and... <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I live in Satellite Beach, so I did it in Orlando. Uh, there's a we're recording this on the 19th. This Saturday, the 20th, or no, the 21st. There's a is there? Are you going to that tournament? Is it Dogs of War? I think it is down there. Yeah, I'm gonna drop by. I'm gonna drop by. I've got a, a game that night. One of my regular D and D games that night. Um, so I have to be back, but I'm going to swing by and say hi to everybody. Are you going over there? I'm on the fence. I, I don't know if I can, because uh, it's an hour and a half drive, which isn't so bad, but I've got a lot to do because I started doing this podcast <laughs> uh, and I want to prep for up every the convention. It's not taking them up every evening. Um, <laughs> I just need to be a little bit faster. You know, like it, it took me half an hour just to get set up and I need to get a little bit faster with the editing. And what will help me is if I could be a better public speaker and I won't have to edit out all the ums and ahs and awkward silences in the episodes, which no one hears. Well, you know, (laughs) practice makes perfect. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You got a pretty good vibe. 
I feel like I, I feel like we got a good thing people going. about just about anything. I think that the trick is having good guests. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, sorry to let you down. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I talk way too much. I'm just, I just go on and on and on. And uh, if you wind me up, I keep on talking. That's a good about thing. About halfway through it, I realize this isn't that actually that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> find a way to wrap it up <laughs> if i if i felt like i wasn't uh enjoying the conversation i would change the subject and i did not have to do that at all tonight so that was good <laughs> there you go so what do you think about that magic the gathering <laughs> <laughs> what uh-huh yeah. <laughs> well i want to get some games in with you at crucible <laughs> we're gonna, right, we're gonna play it. at least a couple of games and i, I uh, i'm not a hardcore video gamer Mm-hmm. But I've enjoyed some Borderlands, so if you're willing to take a noob around to give him a tour uh, of yeah, Borderlands man. sometime, uh, yeah, let's do that. Ask sometime. me your gamer tag, and we'll do it. Yeah, I'm if- Ootlaw. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Just put it in the messenger. Yeah. I will. It's Ootlaw. It's uh, Canadian for outlaw. Oh yeah, well, clearly. Yeah, yeah obviously, <laughs> obviously, you can see that right away. <laughs> I was like, was that a SpongeBob reference? <laughs> Uh, yes, yep. Utla. Utla. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's what it's all about. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. It, um, it was wonderful to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it again sometime. Although I doubt anybody else will want to hear more from me because they've heard enough. I think I think there's a lot more to be shared. <laughs> Nudes? Are you talking about nudes? Yeah, we're gonna share some nudes and uh, over sharing a chocolate fountain. What do the orcs say when they're ready to go to Crucible? <laughs> this has been an episode of Warlando. Crucible Eight is coming up quick going to be October 11th through the 13th. Get your tickets now before they're gone. You're going to be there all weekend playing games, meeting people, having some drinks. Come over and say hi if you see us. Thank you very much for listening to our show. <laughs>